morning, everybody. Welcome. It's Wednesday morning, and we're going to go on in the Word. I want to speak about the day of power. Okay, so the day of power is the time that we are living in where the, the Spirit of God and the power of God and the kingdom of God is on the inside of us. We have access to the heavens. We have access to the Spirit of God. And uh, because of what Jesus has done, everything that is in Christ is now ours. All the power that He has, uh, everything that Jesus did and even greater we can do, as He said in John 14 verse 12. So we are living in a great day. Sometimes many people wish that they could live in the day of Elisha the prophet or in the day of this or in the day of that. Listen, we are living in the greatest day ever. So uh, we're going to see the most amazing move of God that this world has ever seen. And we're going to see God's hand stretched out towards the world to save and to deliver. Okay, so good morning, everybody. Hello, Janine. Hello, Dini. Yeah, it's cold. I, s- I suppose they're very, very cold there in the, in the Western Cape. Um, I think well, it's cold here as well, but the, <laughs> the cold front that you're experiencing now is striking us tomorrow. But uh, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's a cold day. It's winter. It's supposed to be cold. <laughs> so, right. Um, let's start. I want to start in Psalm 110. Psalm 110. 110. So he says... The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your adversaries your footstool. Man, that's a sermon in itself. But Hebrews chapter 1 verse 13 says, After he had accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high uh, to wait until all his enemies be made a stool beneath his feet. And then later on in, John, in Hebrews chapter 2, he quotes out of Psalm chapter 8. says, God, oh God, how oh, excellent is your name in all the earth. Uh, what is man that you are mindful of him? You have crowned him with glory and you have set him over the works of your hands. Which means that we are crowned with glory. John 17 says he has given us his glory. And uh, Psalm 103 says he crowns you with beauty and loving kindness. So God crowns us with his glory. He crowns us with himself. So he wants to be our glory. He wants to shine forth in our lives so that people can see that the excellency and the grandeur and the power of God might be from him and not of us. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So um, he said, sit at my right hand. Now the right hand is God's power. Okay, uh, Isaiah chapter 53 says, uh, Who has believed our report unto whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Psalm 118 says, The right hand of the Lord achieves valiantly, the right hand of the Lord achieves strength. Uh, it does valiantly achieve strength. So the right hand, uh, right through the scriptures, represents the power of God. Now he says in verse 2, The Lord will send forth from Zion the scepter of your strength, ruled in, in the midst of of your foes. Okay, so he sends forth from Zion. Zion is the mountain of the Lord. The city of God is on Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. And the Zion refers to us, the church, being on the holy mountain of God, which is walking in the Spirit. 
Okay, so uh, you, can, you can see there in Hebrews chapter 12, he says, We have come to Mount Zion, to the church of the firstborn, to angels in festival gatherings, to the spirits of the saints made perfect. So we are on Mount Zion, the church of the living God, and we are the heavenly, in the heavenly Jerusalem. We are the city of God. Okay, now he says, Rule then in the midst of your foes. So the power of God is so that we can rule and reign. So Romans chapter 5 verse 17 says, those who receive the abundance of grace, which is the New Testament, the new, uh, the, the word of God, the grace that comes to us through Jesus Christ when, when, when Christ is revealed, First Peter 1. So uh, we, we rule by grace. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, the forgiveness that we receive through faith in the blood of Jesus, shall reign as kings in life. So a king reigns with a scepter. So he says, uh, the Lord will send forth from Zion the scepter of your strength or power. Rule then in the midst of your foes. Your people will offer themselves willingly in the day of your power. In the beauty of holiness in, and in holy array out of the womb of the morning, you will spring forth your young men who are as the dew. All right, so people will surrender. People will live a surrendered life in the day of power. So if you want to walk in the day of power, if you want to walk in the Spirit, you need to surrender yourself willingly. So in the day of power, this is the day that the Lord has made, Psalm 109. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So this day is not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, neither is it the Sabbath day, but it is the new today, the day uh, that we have where we live forgiven, made righteous, made the righteousness of God, where we have the kingdom, we have the Spirit of God. It's a day where we can dwell in the secret place and show forth the glory of God in the earth. That's the day that the Lord has made. That's the day of God's power. Okay, so he says, in the day of your power, people will, will offer themselves willingly. So a surrendered life is always a precursor to power. So power always means someone surrendered to God's will and to God's word somewhere, okay? In the beauty of holiness, holy ray out of the womb of the morning, you will spring forth your young men who are as the dew. Psalm 103, he renews your youth like that of an eagle. Okay, verse 4, the Lord has sworn and will not revoke or change it. You are a priest forever after the manner and order of Melchizedek. Okay, so what does this have to do with everything? Well, everything. The whole book of Hebrews is about the priestly order of Melchizedek, okay? And, and Hebrews says a great deal about this day, okay? Uh, so he has conquered, he has sat down at the right hand of God, ending all the priestly offerings, ending the old, and establishing the new. He has forever completely cleansed us, made us perfect, okay? So because of what our high priest has done, we can walk in the power. Verse 5. The Lord at your right hand will shatter kings in the day of his indignation. Now, if you, if you read uh, Isaiah 63 and um, what else can we read with that? Isaiah 61 says, uh, let's just quickly go there. Jesus stands up in 
Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4 in, in uh, Nazareth. In the, in the, let me just get my words together. In the, not the tabernacle, what do you call it? The synagogue. <laughs> okay. Jesus stands up in the synagogue and he founds the place in Isaiah where it is written. He says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. So if the spirit is upon you, then we're talking about the day of power. If the spirit is upon you, then we're talking about the works of power, the right hand of the Lord being revealed. Okay. So he says, the spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, to the poor and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the spiritual captives, physical spiritual captives, and opening of the prison and the eyes of those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, or year or time or age or hour or day of the Lord. <laughs> okay, the year of His favor and the year... Uh, the and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. So what's the day of vengeance? What's the day of His power? Okay, to grant consolation of joy to those who, are, who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland, to dye them of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a heavy burden, failing spirit. Jesus saying in Matthew chapter 11, Come unto me who are burdened and heavy laden, I will give you rest. That rest is the new today, Hebrews chapter 4. Okay, so he says uh, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, not oaks, out of oaks, this is oaks like an oak tree, oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, magnificent, distinguished, upright, justice, right standing with God, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. They shall rebuild the ancient ruins. All right, so the, he proclaims the day of uh, the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance. So the, there was two things revealed. The power of God is revealed and the wrath of God is revealed. So the wrath of God is revealed towards ungodliness, is Ephesians. So the wrath of God is revealed at the cross. So the wrath was revealed towards sin on the body of Jesus at the cross. All right? So he paid the price for us. Now we, through his blood, by faith in him, can be saved. And that's his right hand of power, a mighty one, a savior who saves. That is him revealing his salvation, the day of salvation. So him revealing salvation. Now because of the blood, because of the proclamation of what Jesus did, when we believe in him, we receive the Holy Spirit. So we receive in one go, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we we. We step into the day of salvation. We step into the day of his power. Okay? We step into the acceptable year of the Lord. The moment we receive the Holy Spirit. Because he says, the Spirit is upon me. And I proclaim the acceptable year of, of the Lord. Now, the other one. The day of wrath. Those who do not believe. The stone which the builders rejected. Psalm 118. Has become the chief of the corner. Now, First uh, Peter chapter 2 says... Uh, so it, it, is, it will be said to those who disbelieve, those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected have become a stumbling stone, a, a rock of offense, 
uh, but that stone has become the chief of the corner. So to them, it is a, st- a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. But to those who believe, says First Peter 2, is the preciousness. So he is, to our temple, the chief cornerstone. He is the head of the body. To us, the, the stone that they rejected became the chief cornerstone. Now we are, First Peter 2, like uh, uh, living stones being built into a holy habitation, into the temple of the living God. Okay. But to them, like Daniel said, it's a stone not made with, not cut out with hands, rolling down the mountain, smashing up the temple, uh, smashing up the, the, the statue, grinding it to powder, and it all blows away. And the stone grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and filled the whole earth. And that stone is the kingdom of God destroying all the other kingdoms, all other rule, all other authority. So to those who reject him, it's a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. They all stumbled over the stumbling stone. Okay, and the stone ground them to nothing. So it's the day of his vengeance. So as he was destroyed, his body was destroyed on the cross, it brought the dividing line. Those who believe receive the blessing of it. And those who do not believe in the salvation of it, uh, it's like they crucify him a second time and the wrath comes upon them. It's the wrath that is revealed towards the sons of disobedience. Okay, so the day of vengeance. So uh, that's why John chapter 3 says, uh, God sent his son into the world so that those who believe might have eternal life. So they step into the day of salvation, which is the forever now eternal life, okay? Those who believe, he did not send his son to judge, but to save. So the whole purpose of it all was to save everyone. But now now he says in verse 18, those who believe will never be condemned. Those who believe not are condemned already because they did not trust in his name. And the basis of the condemnation is this, that light has come into the world, but men loved the darkness rather more than the light for their works were evil. Okay, so uh, I'm not going to elaborate on that now. All right, so the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit meaning I receive now the, the result of the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. This is the purpose why he died and was raised. This was why he did everything, is so that he could pour out his Spirit. So having received the Spirit, Now I step into a day, a now season, a now today. And that now today is a new today, a new chance of entering the rest, says Hebrews chapter 4. Okay? And those who disbelieve, God swore in His wrath, Hebrews 3, Hebrews 4, that they will not enter His rest. So you see the wrath is revealed, the day of vengeance, and the salvation is revealed at the same time. Depends. Do you believe or do you reject Okay, so that's an inheritance. An inheritance, you can receive it or you can reject it. So if you believe in the Son, you receive your inheritance. The inheritance is the Spirit of God, and you step into the day of power. You step into the day of salvation. You step into the acceptable year of the Lord. All right, so the favor of God is upon all those who believe. The favor, the grace, is upon all those who receive the sacrifice. But the wrath ever remains on the sons of disobedience who reject him 
and we set him at naught. For God said, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that he will bring to nothing the things that are, and he will use the things that are nothing and, and reveal himself. Okay? For though the world, through their philosophy and their knowledge, uh, did not recognize him, uh, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So salvation comes when we step out of the touchfield sea paradigm, out of the touchfield sea realm, into the realm of spirit. And we start seeing in spirit and hearing in the spirit. And we, we uh, receive the eternal life. We start uh, having fellowship with that which is eternal and not that which is temporary. And as we, as we start to, to engage with the eternal, that which is eternal starts manifesting through our life. And that's the power of God. So they shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall speak in new languages. They shall take a serpent and it will not hurt them. So the life that's starting to manifest in us is eternal life. And nothing can come against it. Okay? So uh, we need to manifest the eternal in, the, in this realm. So that the kingdom of God may be established and visibly seen. All creation is groaning and waiting for the revealing, the disclosing of the sonship of God's children, of the sons of God. Right? Romans chapter 8. So I hope all these things start to connect. So uh, I know I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but there's more scriptures, there's more light on it. And uh, I really believe this is something that will really benefit the church. Okay, so Acts chapter 1. I want you to see how people's minds are on times and seasons. And how God's mind is on the eternal. Okay? So there's certain things that will happen in certain times. Uh, so it's for an appointed season. I think before we read Acts chapter 1, we'll just quickly first also refer to Habakkuk. So if you haven't re uh, listened to all the messages from Sunday, please do. Because all of that fits together into a bigger picture. Come on, Habakkuk. Where's Habakkuk today? Habakkuk is in heaven. I'm zoning in. There I got it. Okay. Okay. Just listen to this, Habakkuk chapter 2. Oh, I know I've been rash to talk out plainly this way to God. Now, he's, he's been speaking, lamenting about all the stuff that's happening. Everything is on fire. Everything is falling down. Everything is broken up. So, uh, now he's talking to God about this. Now God is, is speaking to him. He says, uh, I'm running ahead of myself. He says, I will stand I will, in my thinking. I will stand upon my post of observation and station myself on the tower or fortress and will watch to see what he will say within me. So now in himself, in his thinking, he's standing, watch. He's attentive to see what the Spirit of God within him will say to him. And what answer I will make as his mouthpiece to the perplexities of my complaint against him. So now Habakkuk, Habakkuk becomes the prophet of the answer to his own complaint. Okay, <laughs> He says, verse 2, 
And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes by may be able to read easily and quickly as he hastens by. So now, they're in a situation like we are in today where everything is up in flames and everyone has lost their minds and everything is crazy. So he says, Hey, write what you see in the unseen. Write what you see in the supernatural plainly so that those who come by can see it. Okay? So he says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. It's for an appointed time. It's for an appointed time. He says, the vision is yet for an appointed time. And it hastens to the end, to fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait for it, earnestly for it, because it will surely come. It will not be behindhand on its appointed day. So there's an appointed day for the vision to come. See? Right. So we need to write the vision plainly so that people can see it. Verse 14. The time is coming. So there's an appointed time. There's an appointed day. When the earth shall be filled with the glory, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So he says, write it down. Make it plain. All right. Before we read Acts chapter 1, I quickly also want to refresh on First Peter 1. He says, uh, we touched on this on Sunday as well. Verse 10 says, the prophets who prophesied of the grace which was intended for you, you reading, search and inquire earnestly about this salvation. They sought to find out to whom or when. This was to come, which the Spirit of Christ working within them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that should follow them. See, the suffering of Christ, then the glory. There was a pointed day of glory that they were predicting. So when is this thing, the sufferings of the Christ and the glory that should follow? The day we ends all the old stuff and where he brings a new day in which you can live in his glory in the spirit. Okay? So that new day is a new today. That new day is a new reality where you step into a forever now season where, you, where the tree stands beside the water, Psalm 1, uh, and forever bearing fruit. It's the same thing in Revelation chapter 22. There was this tree and the tree was on either side of the river of life in the middle of the street of gold. And the tree, the healing were for the, the leaves were for the healing of the nations, the always bearing fruit. You standing in the river of God, always in a fruitful season, never in a, in a desert season, always in the supernatural now, today, season, always bearing fruit, bringing heaven to earth. That's the new today. So he says, uh, It was then disclosed to them that the services they were rendering were not meant for themselves in their period of time, but for you. <laughs> it was not for them. It was not for that time. We had to wait for Christ to appear. We had to wait, wait for Christ to pay the price. After he had accomplished our cleansing of sins and rivers of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. The people, that's the right hand of God. He says the people will be willing in the day of his power. Okay. 
All right, into these very same things. Angels long to look at the gospel. All right. Acts chapter 1, verse 7. Verse 6. So when they were assembled, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will reestablish the kingdom and restore it to Israel? So now they're trying to discern the times. Is this now the time of the season? Thinking linear, thinking calendar days, thinking timeline. Thinking Touchfield Sea history. That's the only thing in their minds. Okay? Is this the time where you will restore the kingdom? Okay? He says, yes, I know. But I'm not going to answer your questions. It's not for you to know the times and the seasons that God has, has ordained. He says, uh, it is not for you to become acquainted with and know what time brings the things and events of time and their definite periods or fixed years and seasons. The critical niche in time, which the Father has appointed and fixed by his own choice and authority and personal power. He said, don't you worry about trying to figure out what's going to happen when. All the end time prophets. <laughs> Everyone prophesying it's going to be the end of the year. And then it's the Mayan calendar. And then it's going to be the rapture in October. And then it's going to be the rapture in February. I mean, we had it in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, 2000. It came and went. We had it. I mean, then it's going to be the mark of the beast. And then, oh, yeah, as we see, like, yeah, the Georgian pipeline is closed. And uh, Hey, come on, man. None of that was true. And no one stands up and says sorry. None of, none, zero of the end time prophecies for the last 100 years were correct. So maybe it's time to revisit the doctrine. None of it was true. Not one thing of the end time prophets were true. Okay? Oh, it's going to be the rapture then. It's going to be the rapture. There's no rapture. It's not in the Bible. Okay, so he says, it's not for you to know the times and seasons. You don't know when Jesus is coming again. You don't know the times and the seasons. Now listen, but now he's revealing the day that we're supposed to be present in, thinking in, and operating in. This is your season. He's now declaring the time to you. But you shall receive power. Ability, efficiency, and might. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, even as they were looking at him, he was caught up and a cloud received and carried him away out of their sight. So a cloud came, received him out of their sight. So he went from the seen to the unseen. Now, I want you just to see something. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Great and important and weighty, we confess, is the hidden truth, the mystic secret of godliness. He, God, was made visible in human flesh, justified and vindicated in the Holy Spirit, was seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. So when a cloud received him out of their sight, he was taken up in glory. The sufferings of the Christ and the glory that should follow. So after Christ was taken up in glory, 
What happened? Next page. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all assembled together in one place, when suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing of a violent tempest blast, and it filled the whole house in which they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, uh, which were separated and distributed and which settled on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit kept giving them clearance and loud expression in each tongue in appropriate words. Okay. So the Spirit came. The glory came. So Jesus was taken up in glory, and then the glory came. Jesus was taken up in the Spirit, and then the Spirit came. So where's Jesus? His flesh and bone body is in the Spirit. The very next chapter, that Spirit's poured out. So everything that He is and has is in the Spirit, which is poured out upon the church, which is inside of us. Which means we represent Him in the most intimate possible way. It's literally Him dwelling inside of us we are his body his body is in spirit inside of us so if we can just step into channel spirit if we can just step step into that space called the secret place and start seeing there and hearing there and start step into that this day that he has made step into this time of glory which is eternal life so now we're in spirit time. And now we're in spirit space. But our body is still on the earth. That's the connection between heaven and earth. It's a body believing. We're believing in him. Okay? So now, he gives expression. So there's people not in that day, on the same day, watching them. And they hear the gospel preached to them in their own dialect. Some mocked. They are drunk. Some say, oh, look at them. They're all crazy. And Peter stands up and said, they are, these are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Okay? The last days will pour out of my spirit on men servants, maid servants, old and young, and they shall prophesy and dream dreams. See visions. So they will see in the supernatural. They will walk in the day of power. Okay? And I will show signs and wonders. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Okay? So God will show signs and wonders the day when we realize, listen, I got to dwell in the Spirit. I got to walk in the Spirit. I got to stand in the secret place of the Most High. Okay? So the day of power is nothing else than you stepping into your new day, into your today, entering the rest. And I want to just end this with Hebrews chapter 4. There's a lot of stuff you can add. But just, okay, Hebrews chapter 4 says, again he sets a definite day, a new today. Have you entered your today? Okay? And gives another opportunity of securing that rest, saying, through David, after so long a time, and the words already quoted, today, if you would hear his voice, 
And when you hear it, do not harden your hearts. So how do you step into the day of his power? Don't harden your hearts when you hear his voice. That's all. Just believe him. This mention of a rest was not a reference to their entering into Canaan. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have afterwards spoken about another day. So there's another day. What's that other day? It's today. In the spirit today. So then, there is still awaiting a full, complete Sabbath rest. Not one day you're going to enter into it. You can enter into your today, today. It's a forever now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The question is, today, as we are standing here, you know, discussing the word, are we, are, is our minds and our attention running around with all the stuff outside? Or are we entering into that secret place where nothing can touch us? And now from this position, we start speaking things and ruling and reigning over the earth. Okay? For he who has entered into God's rest has also ceased from the weariness and pains of human labors just as God rested from those labors peculiarly his own. I mean, there's so much to say. John chapter 6, verse 29. What are the works that God asks of us that we may be working the works of God? So Jesus says, this is the work that God asks of you, that you believe in the one whom God has sent. He has sent you, uh, 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 Christ to you. Christ has been taken up in glory into the Spirit. Then He sent the Spirit to you. He has sent another comforter. He has sent the helper, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit. And He's standing beside you. And He's inside you. He's all around you. If we would just work with Him and step into the day of the Spirit, the day of salvation, the day of His power, the day of the acceptable day of the Lord. Day of his favor, which means you need to cease from toiling. Stop toiling and producing for the food that perishes in the using, but strive for the food that lasts unto eternal life. The Son of Man will give you that. What's the food? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. We need to receive the word as bread and step from natural to spirit, from temporary to eternal. Okay? Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter that rest of God. To know and experience it for ourselves, that no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience into which those in the wilderness fell. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. So I hope this has done something for you. Man, it really excites me. So we're living in, a new, in an awesome day. And this day can be any, any day. It can be now, it can be in 20 years, it can be 20 years ago. But it's, it's, eternal, it's a, a, an eternal now, an in, in, in eternal today that is just parallel to our calendar. You can now just step into eternal lifetime. <laughs> and you can let that spirit and that life touch you. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. He, he will also restore to life and quicken our mortal bodies. I shall not die but live and declare the illustrious acts of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. All right, everybody. Thank you for watching. Hello, Janet. It's good to see you there.
Janet and, and, and Auntie Kathy, bless you. We love you. Aaron Michaels is good to see you there. Help us believe. Yes, Lord. We believe. Help our unbelief. <laughs> okay. So bless you, Aaron. And bless you, Dini. Bless you, uh, Martinette. It's good to see you. Hello, Chantel Bloom. Bless you. Uh, who else is there? Hello, Rob. Awesome, man. Uh, this excites me too. Me too. All right. Amen. So, and everyone that didn't comment and everyone that's going to watch later, we love you too. <laughs> so please send me an email. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'm not just saying this. I really want to hear from you. Okay? I want to hear, you know, if you have a story or a prayer request or if you have whatever. Or if you just want to say, okay, I'm sitting in Fort and I'm watching you and, you know, whatever. You know? <laughs> or wherever you're watching, we'd like to hear from you. We'd just like to have some kind of feedback from you guys. So be blessed. And uh, may you just have an amazing day. We'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. You're living in the day of God's power. Have an awesome day. Amen.